0: Welcome to the Encounter Church podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Great video announcements. So glad you're here. Happy Father's Day. And again, we just want to honor all the dads. And uh, what a wonderful time to just celebrate as families. Can you say amen? Amen. Also as church family, because how many know we have a Father in heaven that loves us, the fount of the triune God, and uh, we honor Him. And how many are thankful uh, that we get to know who the Father is through Jesus? And I'm reminded of the scripture in uh, Philippians 2. It says Jesus humbled Himself. How many know that He emptied Himself of His... Uh, the privileges of his deity, he poured out his divine love, he emptied himself, and uh, he became a man. And the Bible says that God has exalted him and given him the name above every name. And what does the word say? That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So as we worship Jesus and we see the beauty of who God is through the Son, the eternal Son, we say, "Your Lord Jesus, and it gives glory to God the Father. So how many can just for a moment, can we honor God the Father on Father's Day? Come on, can we just thank God for his wonderful love, the reason Jesus died, the reason the Spirit proceeds from the Father is because of the fiery love that he has in his heart for humanity. And Father, we thank you that you're a good Father. And you love us with such an extravagant, implacable, fiery love. Can you say amen? Amen. So good. So today I want to talk about fathers. I want to talk about um, God the Father. I want to talk about us as the church and what I see going on in the world. And what I believe is one of the most important things that we can do and one of the, more, the most important needs that uh, that are, and, and actually, I think that what I'm going to talk to you about today is probably the root of uh, a, a lot of the problems that we have in community, family, and society at large, and that is fatherlessness. Amen. And I want to talk about the heart of the father. And, you know, um, I, I remember when we, we planted the church in Vegas and we started having uh, you know, services on Sundays and, and we're doing, you know, themes based upon holidays and things like that. And when we got to Father's Day, it was like, well, what do we do on Father's Day? Like, well, we honor the dads we talk about the Father's love and all that. But it became a day where we wanted to adopt broken people. It became a day where we were looking for people to love with the love of the Father, And I pray today as we talk about some of these things and we dive into it and and, uh, that we would be awakened of how important it is for us to pour out the love of the Father upon the world around us. Can you say amen? Amen. The world needs the, the Father's love. Now, why is this important? I want to start by saying the foundation of the creation of all things, all people, and the universe itself was established on a father-son relationship. There's something about the father's love and in the early church, you know, uh, we have the Nicene Creed starts with, we believe in one God, the father, the almighty, maker of heaven and earth of all that is seen and unseen. So we start with the father, the Fount of the Trinity. And I want to honor dads. I want to talk about A real issue. Now, when I talk about issues in the world and in the church, because we, as the church, should be influencing the world. We should be advancing the kingdom. And we should be bringing change and reformation in society. How many believe that we are, as the people of God, called to bring the kingdom reign of God in the earth? Right? And we are called to transform culture with kingdom culture. And so there's a beauty of diverse cultures that mold together, but they all bow under the kingdom culture of heaven, under the lordship of Jesus. And when I talk about the church and I begin to talk about like things that are wrong, I want you to know real quick here that I am not a negative person. I actually don't like negativity. Sometimes we all can be a bit negative, right? But sometimes we lean more on that side. I am not uh, optimistic where I deny the reality of problems, though. But when I talk about the church, the bride of Christ, it's always in a way where I want to honor the bride. The same way that as a husband, I want to honor my bride. I'm not going to speak negative. I'm not going to speak words uh, that, that bring down, words that bind. How many knows the people of God, death and life is in the power of our tongue? And when we start talking about the church, listen, we got to be careful we don't become bride bashers, because Jesus loves his bride beyond uh, we could comprehend. You know, take all the husbands in here that absolutely love and lay their lives down for their wives, times that by a trillion, and we've barely just begun about how much Jesus loves his church, you and I. And when I talk about the church, I'm going to talk about some real things that I believe are issues in the church, but I'm calling out the goal and what God is doing, not just pointing out the dirt. I don't like negativity. I don't like bride bashing. But the Bible says that let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Ephesians 4.29. How many know that our words can impart grace that empower us into our destiny? And that's what I want to do when I talk about some real things in the church that I see and real things in the world that, that we, as the people of God, are called to bring change to. And I think one of the, the number one things is fatherlessness. I mean, you might not know, but uh, I'll, I'll let you know now that half of the world is fatherless. Now, just let that sink in for a minute. Nearly 40% in our country alone is fatherless. Some people don't even know who their dad is or their dad's absent. How I many no, we know we have a father problem? Where are the fathers? Where are the fathers in the church? 63% of youth suicides involve a child who's living in a fatherless home. 85% of all children which exhibit some type of a behavioral disorder come from a fatherless home. That's 20 times the average. I think fatherlessness is a pretty big deal. I remember when we planted the church and we're loving on people, we do sidewalk Sunday school stuff, we go into inner city apartment complexes and just love on the kids. We would put a movie on and give them popcorn, love on them, tell them about Jesus. And every once in a while we'd have like an uncle or grandma or dad show up and just check on their kids, make sure they weren't like, you know, getting uh, stolen away by some cult or something, you know. And uh, this dude walked up, and we're having an outreach. This was early on in our church plant, and we're seeing dozens and dozens of people getting saved, healed, delivered constantly, families, and it was just incredible. And we're doing this sidewalk Sunday school thing, and this dude rolls up with like a gangster limp, like just walks up, and we're doing our thing, and he's just like, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, at first glance, I'm like, who is this dude rolling up all hard like this? And then immediately the Spirit of God arrested my heart. He said, look again, but with my eyes this time. Amen. And what I saw was a little boy that didn't have a papa. And he was forced to be tough, and he was forced to be angry, and he was forced to, to, to grow up too fast. Fatherlessness is a real issue in the world today, and I see it, and I think the church needs to rise up and heal the orphan wound. But if we've got orphan wounds, it's kind of hard to heal the orphan wounds around us. 90% again, 90% of runaway and homeless youth come from a fatherless home. 71% of all high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. 85% of youth in prison come from fatherless homes. I could go on and on and on about drug use. And one of the root issues is fatherlessness. By the way, 80% of all statistics are wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a story my spiritual father, and I'm so grateful for fathers in my life. I'm grateful I have the most loving dad. I have loving fathers in my life. How many are thankful for loving fathers and mothers and parental figures? Come on, pastors, leaders, and we need that, you know? And uh, some of us much more than others, But I, and I sure did. I was a maverick. And I needed a father's love. My spiritual father, Larry Titus, um, was telling me a story when he was in Brazil. And he's ministering to, uh, by the way, Brazil as a major fatherless uh, issue. And he's ministering at a church. And there's thousands of people in this church. And he has an altar call. And uh, mostly young men come up. There's hundreds of young men at the altar, and he's up there kind of praying, and they're doing some worship, and so he has the altar call. He's about ready to pray for people, and, and the pastor who was translating um, was standing next to him, and Larry noticed that all of these young men that were up there had something in their hand, and they were waving it like this, like trying to get his attention, and he's like, what, what are they doing? He's like, oh, that's their ID card, and because they don't have a father, they don't have a last name. And they don't know their identity and they want you to be their father. I feel like we have an epidemic in the world now where people are waving their IDs. They don't know who they are. They're confused about all sorts of things, and they're saying, I don't know who I am, even to the point where they don't want a father because there's hatred in their heart towards their father that was not there or that abused them or didn't love them the way they were supposed to. And we have a real issue in the world, and Larry was telling me the story. I'm like, wow, what a picture of the church and what a picture of the world that we need fathers. Don't we need fathers? First Corinthians 4:14 4, through 17 in the New King James Paul the apostle the father over the church of Corinth, that, which, by the way, was a very squirrely church historically. You can read early church writings, uh, you know, like different early church writings, the apostolic church fathers, that these, these letters were not canonized in the New Testament, but they were still useful, and they were passed around in, in, you know, like the first and second century. And some of the bishops and leaders and the fathers of the early church still had issues with Corinth, even long after Paul had passed on and graduated to glory the church of Corinth was a a mavericky church, if you will. It's a picture of, uh, you know, us as the people of God that we we don't like leaders and we're not in harmony, we're not in unity. And and the issue is, is we just need to continue to to discover the Father's love together. And here's what he says. He says, I don't write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Isn't that interesting? I've read this so many times and It wasn't until about a year ago I was preaching at a men's conference and the Lord highlighted, I warn you to me. Paul is warning. How many know that there is sometimes truth that is a warning to us? I believe that there is a warning from heaven saying, watch out because there's an attack against the fathers in society and in culture right now. And we need fathers now more than ever before. And Paul is saying, I'm warning you right now. I love that he starts, he says, I don't write these things to shame. You How to know that shame, when we run and we feel ashamed, that's not from God. Shame and condemnation is not from God. And if conviction makes you feel ashamed, it's probably not conviction. You might be addicted to the law because you keep going back to feel condemned and and accused and shamed that is not from god conviction draws you near to god condemnation and shame pushes you away from god and makes you want to run and hide in the bushes like adam and eve but paul's not doing that here he's saying i'm not here to shame you but as my beloved children i'm warning you in other words there's a truth i gotta tell you that you need to know there's a situation that i see in the community and here's what he says you might have ten thousand instructors in Christ, or babysitters, or nannies, yet you do not have many fathers. He's saying, where are the fathers? He says, you could have 10,000, and this is a small community, you can have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but you don't have many fathers. Where are the fathers? He says, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you Through the gospel, he's like, you're like my kids and I'm warning you, you need fathers. From the very heart of God, Paul is warning. And I believe that there is an echo of that same warning to the body of Christ and to the world. I know you might not think you need fathers, but you need fathers. And you need mothers. And we need the Father's love. Because it's that healing that will bring us into our true identity so we can live the way we are created to. Can you say amen? So he goes on and he says, I urge you, imitate me. He's like, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, it's interesting to me, there's a lie in our idea of discipleship. Ultimately, of course, we all follow Jesus, but there is a meme that I've seen going around. I don't follow Christians, I follow Jesus. Well, I get what you're saying. Like, how many know we all follow Jesus? But how many know Jesus discipled people, humans, to disciple other people, humans? Hello? And if we want to be discipled, we need people in our lives. And Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. We need people. We need leaders. Do you know that leaders are a gift from heaven to you, to I? Jesus gave gifts in Ephesians chapter 4 when he ascended into heaven. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher to equip the saints. And that's fathers and mothers to equip us, to encourage us. And Paul's like... I urge you imitate me. For this reason, I've sent Timothy. Who's Timothy? His spiritual son. He said, He is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Paul's saying, where are the fathers? We, see, we learn strength from fathers. Can you say Amen. amen. We learn how to fight from fathers. Right. And I don't mean like a worldly fight. I mean like to war in the spirit, to stand up, to stand strong, and having done all to stand, to stand therefore. I, I believe that this generation has bowed to a wimpy spirit. I'm just going to say it. And we as men, I'm going to look at the men right now, fathers and men and young men, we need to put the warrior spirit in our sons and in our daughters. Come on. I'm glad there's one person in this wonderful 11 a.m. service that is hearing what I'm saying right now. Where are the warriors at, though? Because there's a battle going on right now, and there's a battle for people's destiny, and there's, there's broken people in the world that don't know who they are. We need warriors in the church. We need lions. Come on, somebody. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. It's about time we start Stop tiptoeing like little pussycats and start roaring like the lion from the tribe of Judah because the Bible says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on, man. You're not a pussycat. You are a lion. You're not a chicken. You're an eagle, Sarah. You need to start flying and soaring and stop tiptoeing around on society because I don't want to offend anyone. That's weakness. If you're always afraid you're going to offend somebody, you can't even think for yourself. And fathers will help you come alive in who you are, where you're bold and courageous enough to think for yourself, to live free, and to, and to just do what you're created to do. Come on, somebody. Fathers teach us how to fight when there's no fight left. I'm thankful for my pops, man. My pops was a scrapper. He taught me to stand up for myself. I was 103 as a freshman in high school. I was a little dude. Pray for me. I'm still recovering from all those moments. <laughs> but when I was 10 years old, I could do over 100 push-ups because my pops taught me how to fight, taught me how to be a warrior. And I didn't pick fights. I had a tender heart. He taught me to be a fierce lover, but always stand up for myself. You know, the Bible says, I'm just going to stay right here for a minute. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. We got a lot of peacekeeping going on in the world right now. Church, we are called to put our foot down times and speak truth and stand up for righteousness and say no when there's injustice. Come on, somebody. You're a warrior. And when we discover the Father's love, we we stand strong in what He's called us to do. We learn how to protect. Fathers teach us to protect. Young men, you're protectors, not predators. You're called to protect. You're called to fight for love. You're called to be a protector. Be somebody who values and enhances the value on other people around you and doesn't put illegal discounts on young women. We're called to protect. We need fathers to teach us how to be protectors. We learn how to love fiercely. The Father supports, sustains, counsels, comforts, provides and protects. See, the heart of this message for me is found in Ezekiel 37, where God takes the prophet, and He shows him the valley of dry bones, and it says the, the bones were very dry. It was a graveyard. I think if we proverbially just look at that, we can look at the church, like where are the fathers? Where are the, where's the family spirit in the church? Where, like where are the dads? Where's discipleship? We could talk about some of that, and there's a reality of that, but in the world, where are the fathers? And look at the consequences of there not being fathers. It's a real, and right now there's an attack on the fathers. There are people spreading toxic ideology, saying we don't need moms and dads. They're trying to destroy the, some People are literally, it's demonic and from the pit of hell. They're trying to destroy the DNA of the family. And Ezekiel's looking at the valley of dry bones. And God says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel's a smart prophet. He says, you know, Lord. (laughs) Anytime the Lord asks you a question, if you answer that, you got the right answer. (laughs) Because the Lord knows. And these bones live, but they're very dry. And what, is, what does the Lord say? He says, I want you to prophesy to these dry bones. <laughs> well, I'm just going to, you know, there's a lot of problems in the world. I'm hoping things change. No, you need to go prophesy to dry bones. Well, I'm just hoping that, you know, people, they're not confused anymore. No, then you need to love them. You need to reach them. You need a mentor. You need, you need to father them, to mother them. We, that, listen, the broken world needs family. The broken world needs a refuge. Not just a place to lay their head, not just a handout, but a hand up. The refuge, you can have a home and not have a refuge. And, and some churches, they're, they're, they're shelters, so to speak. They're a place to lay their head spiritually. But where's the family? Where's the fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers? We need fathers, And he says, I want you to prophesy to these dry bones. In other words, there's a responsibility God gives the prophet the same way the Lord gives us a responsibility to pour out his love in the earth. And if we would ask God show us the valley and show us the potential, he begins to prophesy. The Bible says there's a rattling. There's a sound. It's interesting the word sound in that text is the same word sound In Genesis, where they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, in the wind, the ruah of the day. The same word prophesied of the winds, the four winds, that the ruah, the spirit, the wind, the spirit of God breathing life. Now, this story in Ezekiel is not just something where, well, that was really cool and it pointed to Jesus. If we read chapter 36... Talks about, you know, a leader like David and God resurrecting hope and doing this. No, it's a principle that when the Spirit breathes upon us or we receive the outpouring of the Spirit, we come alive. But not only do we come alive individually, we become assembled as an army of the living God. How many know that we can't have armies without fathers? I think... You know, it's almost like we, we want to see an army of God, but we're just throwing our kids out in the battlefield without training them, without raising them up. And it breaks my heart and it, and it puts a weight of responsibility, not a negative burden, but a holy burden that as a father, as a leader, I need to raise up my kids. So the prophet prophesies and the Bible says suddenly there's a noise, a rattling. Verse 7, the, boi- the bones come together. Come on, bone to bone. Indeed, I look, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Here's what he says. Prophesy breath, prophesy, Son of Man, and say that the wind, all four winds, say four winds. Four winds. That's the Spirit breathing from every direction. I want to say to you that sometimes we don't recognize or receive the love of the Father because it comes from a direction we don't expect. The love of the father doesn't just flow through fathers. It flows through mothers. Yes. You know, my, my wife, uh, is, she's amazing. And she, she's so stinking anointed, she can't even help it. I love when she preaches. I love when she prays. I love when she kisses me. I love when she spoils me with nice shoes. Some Yeezys. Come on, somebody. Mm. That bougie shopping spirit. You can release that over me all day. Come on, somebody. My wife, many of you might not know, before she turned one, her father left. She grew up without a dad, was raised by an amazing mother. There were times where her mom remarried and she had a stepfather that was not a nice person. And I'm being very nice by describing it that way. There's a lot of abuse. And, and my wife went through all sorts of stuff from the hood. How many know you can take the girl out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the girl? That's why I don't mess with my wife, man. She's, there's times, you know, she'll like do this neck thing. She'll do that. See, I can't even do it. Ow, oh, I'm getting old. But if she, she has a look... Husbands, you know your wife has looks, certain looks. There's ones you like, you know, though that, that look. But there's some looks it's like, oh, what's, what's going on, baby? And Rochelle, the ghetto comes out sometimes. She does this thing with her. Huh, Sarah? Huh? Right? I know I'm, I'm white chocolate, too. Like, I, I got it in me, too. Like I, But my girl, man, she's been through some stuff can't imagine the father wounds that she grew up with. The time she'd pray as an eight-year-old for protection, hearing something going on in the other room, say, God, with her eyes closed, laying in bed, God, protect me. Then the light fills the room. She sees it with her eyes closed. She opens her eyes, and with her physical eye, sees five angels surrounding her bed as tall as the ceiling. Why? God's hand was on her through all of this. And I've watched her grow. Well, before we planted the church, we had a Sunday night service, and all we did was get wrecked by the Father's love every single Sunday night. That's all we did. We worship, and then we end up on our faces. And Rochelle had a spot over on the side of the church, and it was a little carpet spot. There's probably a makeup stain, and she just cried the entire time. And God was just pouring out his rich love upon her. I've seen gifts come alive in her. She began to preach, teach, women's ministry, bringing restoration and healing to the father wound. But some of you don't realize, yes, I have spiritual fathers in my life. I have an amazing dad and and they've brought so much love and healing to me. But my wife has brought so much healing to me. The Father's love has poured through her in bad times. She's told me who I am. When I'm going through valleys, she's been the voice of encouragement, that wind that blows, that the Spirit breathes upon us to to cause us to rise up in life. It can come from any direction. It can come from a brother, a sister, a father, a mother. Learn to recognize it and receive it because the Father's love is being poured out and it doesn't just happen in one revelation. Oh yeah, God loves me. No. We are still discovering the depths of the Father's love. Yeah. Oh, how he loves us. And he said, prophesy to the four winds. They come from all directions. And most of us know the end of the story. It came, became an army of the living God, an exceedingly great army. And I believe and I prophesy to the body of Christ and to the world around. These bones shall Live. God is going to use us to heal the father wound. God is going to use us to see fathers raised up. We're going to become men of God. We're going to become papas to the broken world around us and love our kids and, and, and love the people around us the way we we're created to. These bones will live Malachi 4, most of us know the promise where God says, I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, hearts of their children to their fathers and mothers, right? How many know that that scripture was actually fulfilled in Christ, but that doesn't mean that it's not still happening because Jesus' kingdom is advancing. He's pouring out a spirit. In other words, hear me, Jesus is still turning hearts and he's still restoring families. He's still restoring marriages. How many know we need to pray that prayer? Turn the hearts, Lord. Turn the hard hearts. The ones that never had an Abba, they don't know how to say daddy. Turn the hearts and heal their hearts. Soften those hard hearts. I've seen, I mean, miraculous. I remember not too long ago uh, in Las Vegas, about three years ago, there was a young man that came in. And the Lord arrested my heart to pray for him. And I began to prophesy. And he's bawling his eyes out. He's weeping. And, and just and little did I know, he never had a father in his life. And what the Lord told me to tell him is, the father says, you're my son in whom my soul delights. So much healing comes when we recognize the importance of the father, the role of the individual as the family unit. We need papas. We need fathers. Can you say Amen. So God's still turning the hearts, and we must recognize and receive the Father's love. But most of all, and I could go, I could tell you stories about people that God has used to pour out. Um, I remember, uh, I'll tell you one offhand, this uh, uh, man of God in my life who was, and sometimes we don't recognize it at the time, right? You know, it's like if, we're, if we're, our hearts are shut off or we have orphan thinking, we can perceive correction as rejection, it's like, no, that's love. Discipline, it's love. He, God, you know, disciplines those that he loves. Amen. He's a good father. And there's times in my life I didn't recognize it in the moment, but um, I had the honor of uh, meeting uh, Randall Cunningham. The, uh, he, he was a quarterback for the Eagles for many years. And uh, Randall Cunningham, NFL football player. And I ended up leading worship for his church. I was this worship pastor. I traveled with his group. And Randall in this time of my life became like a, like a papa. You know, he said, like, hey, I'm going to pick you up. And, and he, I remember he'd take me to the mall and he's like, I just want to buy you clothes, man. I'm like, why? And I remember him spending like $500 on me. And in the moment, I didn't realize God was using him to heal some orphan wounds in me. The successful African-American, you know, football player and and he's just loving on me. I was the only white guy on the worship team. I felt so honored. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I was a token white boy up in there. Hey. But I got to travel with this group and I'm singing with people that are backup vocalists for Israel Houghton. And I'm like, what a the favor that God shows. It's the Father's love. It's the Father's love. And the Father's love lifts you up. The Father's love will lift. All the burdens and lies and labels off of you, the condemnation and the shame and the weight of all that, it'll the Father's love will lift it off of you, and then he'll place the weight of his glory on you, which is not a heavy burden, but it lifts you up, His love lifts you up. It's like God's words begin to speak over you. He's like, "I love you so much. you have any idea how much I love you? My spiritual father says, God has if God had a refrigerator in heaven, your picture would be on it. My spiritual papa says, you're so awesome, and you can't even help it. Ricardo, you're so awesome, and you can't even help it. You're incredible. You're a man of God. You're a good father and a good husband. And the father's so proud of you, so proud of you. If we could just for a minute capture how much the father loves us, it would change everything. Can you say amen? amen? I want to read you a quote in closing. By Brendan Manning, from The Furious Longing of God. If you've never read the book, I highly encourage it. Listen to this. It's so powerful. As we recognize and receive Papa's love, we all have a father in heaven. It doesn't matter if we grew up with a dad. or We all have a father in heaven, and that's how we learn who we are, so we can pour that love out to the broken world around us. Here's what Brendan Manning says about the love of the father. If you took all the love... Of the best moms and dads who have lived in the course of human history. So just think all the moms and dads all, of all time. You took all their goodness, kindness, patience, fidelity, wisdom, tenderness, strength, and love. And put it all, all those qualities in one person. Can you imagine? That person's love would only be a faint shadow of the furious love and mercy in the heart of God the Father. Addressed to you and me in this moment. Isn't that beautiful? The love of God. And the Father's pouring out His love on all of us. He's teaching us to love, He's teaching us how important this is. Paul warns the church I'm not shaming you, I'm warning you. You need fathers. And this day we honor the Father and we honor dads, but we also pray and believe that God is breathing on the dry bones. Can you say amen? amen. Lastly, in 1 John 3.1, look with wonder. Would you close your eyes so that you can look? The word behold means look and see, and it's not a, it's not a one-time thing. Behold is like to behold continually. And 1 John 3.1 says, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's love. The Father's marvelous love that he has lavished upon us. The Father has lavished his love upon us. And he has called us and made us his very own beloved children. So good. I speak that over your life. Maybe you're here and you've had some bad experiences with dads, moms, parental figures. Maybe you don't even know your dad. The Father wants to make sure that you know that he looks at you with eyes of love and he says, you are my child and I love you. You're mine. You're bought with a price. Maybe you've been hurt by leaders or pastors. We all need the love of the Father. And the love of the Father wants to pour his, God wants to pour his spirit out on you His healing oil to heal those wounds. Lift your hands with me. and Can we all just receive and behold with wonder the Father's marvelous love? Because he has poured it out. He's lavished us with his love. And we are called children of the living God. And we prophesy to the dry bones. You believe that these bones will live, church? Come on, do you believe that God is raising up? He's restoring, he's turning the hearts, he's raising up fathers. Come on, he is turning the hearts and restoring marriages and families. And we believe that these bones will live, that we will overcome as the people of God. We will not bow to the spirit of the world, the attack on the father and the DNA of the family. We need mothers and fathers. We need to learn what it is to be family. And we declare in this nation and other nations all around the world that the church will rise up and bring healing to the father wound. Until we all, until every knee and every bow, every every knee and every tongue, we bow our knee and we confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray you bless every person in this room. They would not leave the same. Would you just softly begin to pray out loud. Say, Father, thank you for your love. Come on, just pray. Just quietly pray, but out loud. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Your kingdom come. Lord, I thank you that you're pouring out your love right now. I just want to take a minute and pray for you before I dismiss you. Father, thank you this wonderful Father's Day that not only are we beholding your love, but Lord, would you teach us by your spirit to cry out, Daddy. We would say, Abba, Father. It can be difficult for some to call God Father. I'm reminded of a story Bishop Kenneth Ulmer was preaching and he was talking about a story. There were teaching children in Sunday school the Lord's Prayer and they interrupted the teacher as he started in the beginning of the Lord's Prayer Father, hallowed be your name the, te- the kids raise their hand wait, teacher, teacher, what's a father? these kids were broken with orphan wounds it's hard to say Abba, Daddy to God if we've never known a father's love but I pray by the Spirit of God everyone in this room can say, Daddy God and recognize the Bible says that the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit and we cry out Abba I want you to say it with me say Papa God you're my father thank you for your love thank you for healing me I pray in Jesus name thank you Lord for your presence and your love we pray these things in Jesus' name. Would you seal it with praise? Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, one, one more time. Give God a shout. These bones will live. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. Bless all the families. Every person in this room in Jesus' name. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. you were blessed by that message and we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to if you would just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give thanks again and have a blessed blessed day